This is Leafs Breakfast. Just did keep it in. Nylander to the right wing side to Matthews. Scores! For a Wednesday night against one of the worst teams in the NHL, last night's game had a little bit more intrigue than you might think. Back on first up, this is Leafs Breakfast, Aaron Korolnik, Carlo Koliakovo. The Leafs beat the Blackhawks 5-2 to last night on Patrick Kane's showcase night, where he did not exactly have the best, <laughs> the best performance. And on that Aston Matthews goal that you heard Joe Bowen call, yeah, Kane, uh, his back-checking was not exactly Patrice Bergeron-esque, which we have come to expect from Patrick Kane nonetheless. Let's bring in TSN hockey analyst Mike Johnson into the program. What's up, MJ? What's going on, boys? The reason it was showcase night is because Carlo apparently is going to become an insider. I'm just curious. Mm-hmm. Carlo, on trade deadline day, like, what desk are you sitting at? Are you back with the breakers or are you like on the, and the player panelist? I'm just not sure what yeah, you're going to do. I, I refuse to go on the, the the breakers panel. I am not an insider. I am a, I'm going to be on the player panel with you, buddy. With you. All right. If you say yeah. so. But that was a nice little smoke bomb you dropped there. It's interesting, <laughs> though. Like I, I, I just called uh, Chicago against Montreal and Boy, Chicago looked pretty dismal in that game. I'm calling Chicago Ottawa tomorrow, and like the only intrigue for me in Chicago is I want to see Patrick Kane play. Like, how does he look? Not not even so much you know, how well he plays, but physically, how does he look with his skating? Because you know it's pretty widely reported he's dealing with some sort of injury, hip injury or something that that's pretty significant. So I'm wondering, you know, how much that will impair him. So if you do trade for Patrick Kane, like, what are you getting? Are you getting? The guy who's a Hall of Famer, or are you getting a guy who's you know 34 with a bum hip? Um, and so you know, I watched last night. I watched, I watched against Montreal, and he looks like he's he he's never been blazingly fast, but he certainly doesn't have any sort of separation speed. Makes a lot of good plays, got great hands, great vision, but you know he has a hard time finding the open ice, and that's probably why he doesn't score so many goals this year because he has a hard time getting to the net because um, he can't beat guys to the spots anymore. So last night, MJ, I mean, Kane's playing with Max Domi and Kurashev, and yeah, if he comes to Toronto mm-hmm. somehow, he might be playing with, you know, Nylander and Marner or mm-hmm. or whoever. I mean, whoever. I mean, there, there's there's a long list of great players he could play with. Yeah, it, no, no kidding. So, how do you kind of weigh that? Where yeah, he's maybe kind of going through the motions. There's some lethargy there with Kane. The team's going nowhere. He's maybe dealing with a little bit of in- injury. Do you buy the idea that he could come to another place like the Maple Leafs and just reignite what we've seen from him in past years? I, yes. His passion, his, his competitive juices, those would all get fired up. But when it comes to your body, there's only so much you can do. Like You can only make your body do what it can do. So. That's the question. I don't know how you get the answer, guys. Like, I don't know if you can ask for his medical files. I don't know if you can ask to do a medical when you trade for him to, to make sure he's okay. Because, you know, you, if, you're, if your hip or your knee or your groin or your back doesn't let you go, no matter how bad you want to go, you can't. So that's the part, AK, that, you, you know, you really got to dissect when you talk about acquiring him, when you talk about the price to acquire him. Um, you know, what exactly, how healthy of a version of him are you getting? But on the flip side, Chicago at this point obviously wants to trade him where they get the best return. 
But with him having the full no-move clause, he gets to dictate where that could potentially be. And maybe if it was just the Rangers in Toronto, now it's just Toronto, that really, you know, supply-demand curve, <laughs> the demand is way down because it's only one team that he'll go to. So at some point, if you're Chicago, you're going to trade him to wherever you can trade him that he'll let you set, that he'll let you go. So I wonder if the price goes way down because of the injury, the production, but maybe just because he's running the show and will only go to certain teams if those teams know that. Um, they won't pay as much because they don't have to. So, Johnny, how, how would you assess this on you know the Maple Leafs' perspective? Uh, I can't imagine Kane is too high up on their list of, of mm-hmm. players that, that they want to acquire, but if the situation comes down to them receiving a call from Kyle Davidson and saying, hey, I've got a player who wants to come play with you, can we work something out? Where do you think the Maple Leafs are on, on, on Patrick Kane? Is it a want, a need, or is it a welcome? Um, I mean, it's a luxury item, I think, at this point. And you're right. I don't think he would be you know, their ideal. He's an incredible, incredible player. But for where the Leafs are and what they need right now, you know, um, he, he's, he's an incredibly talented player, but a player that's not as good as the incredibly talented players they have in Marner and Nylander already. You know, they already have skilled wingers to play on their top six. They probably, if they're going to spend that many assets and that much money, they're probably going to want a different kind of player. You know, maybe someone a little bit bigger or someone with like a little bit more uh, weight to their game. Not, not more talent, but just a different kind of player. Um, so, yeah, it's a luxury item. But uh, if they get down and they strike out on Meyer and they strike out on Barbashev and they don't get anyone else, then, you know, maybe then they go down that road. But it, it's a fascinating conversation because there's so many different layers to it um, for, for whatever team is interested in, in trying to get a guy who's going to be in the Hall of Fame. Um, but it's just a, a, a far cry from his normal self this year. Mike Johnson, our guest, TSN hockey analyst here on Leafs Breakfast. MJ, we saw Alex Kerfoot take Callie Yarncroke's spot on the second line last mm-hmm. night. I thought he played pretty well against the Blackhawks. you got to add the caveat every time. It was against the Blackhawks. And then they played yeah. Montreal on Saturday and then against Chicago on Sunday. So not exactly the top competition in the National Hockey League. Put your mystic Mike hat on for me right now. You have Kerfoot and Yarncroke, or you have... Somebody else could be trade deadline acquisition. If you had to envision the game one lineup for the Maple Leafs in the postseason, is it Kerfoot or Yarncroke on that second line, or is it somebody else? Somebody else, hundred uh, percent. Somebody else. Not that, 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 that Kerfoot's been good in the playoffs. He's actually been one of Toronto's better players the last couple of years when they've gotten to the playoffs. But I just think um they're 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 gonna want to they want that guy they want that other guy whoever it is around the league um and with yarncroke having just signed a four-year deal and i think he has some no move protection in there i I can't imagine he's going to get dealt away uh so we used to joke when a situation like this would arise and it's kind of like the gallows humor it'd be like the you know the the price the right showcase showdown it's a showcase for kerfoot he's getting up there on the second (laughs) line he's playing against some crap teams he's gonna look real good doing it not because they don't want him, but you wonder if they acquire a guy who makes $5 million, let's say. Like, they're going to have to shed some salary. And one of the guys that would likely have to be shed out of necessity is a guy like Kerfoot because of the salary. He's got the short term left. You know, the acquiring team probably would pick him over a guy with, you know, a ton of terms. So uh, you, you wonder if that's part of it. Like, is, is Sheldon Keith saying, Kerfoot's on the second line because he's good, because we like him there, because we want to win? 
but also because we'd like to see our third line, which is kind of a line we envision playing, we don't get a centerman, of Cam Fanball Yarncroke. Like, that will be the third line, and we want them to get some reps together before the playoffs start. You wonder if that's kind of part of the mindset uh, for the Leafs as they put their lines together in these next couple weeks. Johnny, what's been sort of surprising is how quiet the news around Matt Murray has been. I mean, remember when, you know, it was warm-ups against his Ottawa Senators team where he had to leave, and then they came out and said he's been dealing with something and it shouldn't be something long-term, and then they put him on IR. And, like, what do you think we're dealing here with with Matt Murray? Like, is is this something that the Maple Leafs should concern himself with? Or as long as Samsonov keeps playing well and the Leafs keep winning games, it's a non-issue? Oh, I think it's absolutely something they are concerned with because – uh, they're going to run out of time, Carlo, right? Like, his time to return sort of seems like best case is going to be around the trade deadline. Right. And you'd love to know, as much as we like Joseph Wall and the story he has and, and the, the performance of the American League, like, they're fighting Tampa for home ice. Yeah. They don't – they've acknowledged they can't play Samson off 8 out of 10 games. Like, he just – he just it's not good for him. So – you need another goalie you trust. That's why they have two goalies, because they need to use them both, because neither one can play 65 games. So the, the issue becomes, will you know what you need to know in time to go, go get another back, a veteran backup if you need to, or just roll the table, because, roll the dice, because uh, Matt Murray's got to be back, he's got to be okay. I, I don't know. I don't mind if I'm the Leafs. I don't mind at all that it's quiet around Matt Murray. I think the less people talking about Matt Murray at this point, uh, the better, because they're not focused on his injury, on his prognosis, on his timeline. Just let him do his thing and try to get healthy with whatever's going on with him and then see what that takes you. But I do think the Leafs would like that information before the deadline because let's just say it, it lingers or it turns into something or he comes back and he can't play to the level he wants to. Like, like amazingly enough, I think the Leafs probably have to go get another backup um, just as an insurance policy in case. So, yeah, I, I don't know where he stands, but I think um, they'd love to find out before March 3rd. Yeah, I think the, the worst thing for the Leafs would be to burn out Samsonov. And if you recall, Mike, I mean, you look at Samsonov's year last year with Washington, great in the yeah. first half and completely fell off the cliff in the second half of the season. Mm-hmm. So you hope for the Leafs that is not the case this year. Again, Mike Johnson with us here on Leafs Breakfast. So we saw Alex Kerfa move to the second line left wing spot last night. We also saw Connor Timmins slide in for Justin Hall. Connor Timmins scored last night. Great slap shot uh, from the point. And I think there's some people wondering, like, the significance of Justin Hall being healthy scratched, what it means for his future this year, even in the years to come as a pending UFA. Do you think that is a spot, maybe on the bottom pair next to Rasmus Sandin, that the Leafs could be looking to improve upon? Or do you think they might be content with one of, or both, of Hall and Timmins, uh, maybe a rotation of sorts in that spot? I think the Leafs will look to improve anywhere they can. Like, you know, given where they are, um, a depth defenseman, everyone says Gavrikov's name, but maybe it's somebody else. But, you know, someone like that, a steady Eddie, heavier guy that they can that they can plug in there if need be, I think they'll look for that as well, probably as the second option after the top six winger they're looking for. Um, you know, and, and I think a little internal competition is a good thing. The only thing I wonder, and Carlo might have a good opinion on this, is that Justin Hall does play – a unique role on this group of defensemen. Agreed. Because, you know, the penalty killing, he's, he's quite proficient at killing penalties. 
you know, maybe doesn't have the best stick, but, you know, look at his numbers. They're generally, you know, as far as his puck moving skills, they're not bad. Um, you know, he just does something the other guys don't. And, and even Connor Timmins, who I like the way he passes the puck for sure, I don't like the way he maybe reads the defensive play quite as well as Justin Hall. So I, I just wonder, because he's such a un- unique asset in the, the defense that he plays, he finds a way to get in the lineup anyways because he does things that really nobody else in that defense court does. And I think, too, it comes down to trust. I mean, Justin yeah, Hall has played time. in two playoff series. I mean, he understands what it's probably going to take to play with this group of players in those series. And, and Connor Timmons probably needs more runway right now. And that's why mm-hmm. they probably locked him up to two years and give him what he can give him this year with the opportunity that, that he'll get and then focus on you know next year and him playing more of a prominent role. And and look, you got eight, you got eight defensemen now with Jordy Ben in, in the mix. So uh, does that change? It remains to be seen, you know, with who who they bring in. But before we let you go, I want to ask you about a, a team that's going to be very fascinating to watch come trade deadline. That's the San Jose Sharks because they hold two like very high profile pieces. Timo Meyer, look, I think it's pretty obvious we know he's going to be moved. But the piece mm-hmm. I'm interested to watch is Eric Carlson. Like, I want to see Eric Carlson get traded just because I want to see this guy play in the playoffs with amazing players. And mm-hmm. the idea of him getting traded to Edmonton to play with McDavid and Dreisaitl, I just, <laughs> I, 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 I literally, I, I, can't, I, I can't tell you how excited I am about that. Do you feel the same way? Yeah, because, I mean, I, I think we all know how good, how great Eric Carlson is, but I don't even know if we appreciate the kind of year he's having right now. So to get him on a bigger stage on a team that might go deeper in the playoffs would be amazing to watch. Amazing. To get him to play with great players in McDavid and Drysaddle or wherever he might end up going um, would be incredible to see. And it's not like he's not been a wildly successful in the playoffs. Remember when the Senators made the conference final, he was playing on one ankle. He almost... He has Con Smythe consideration, and they only made it through the third round. Yeah. Like they lost, they, they lost the in Game before. 7. They lost in Game 7 yeah, to Pittsburgh. And Pittsburgh won the, win, Pittsburgh, yeah, Pittsburgh won the Stanley Cup that year. I remember yeah. the, that playoffs, I'd come home from Europe playing in, in Germany, and I was like, when's Ottawa playing? Because I want to watch Eric Carlson yeah. play. Like This yeah. guy was incredible. Yeah, I just and feel like we need it. it. I looked into some of the numbers, especially to Edmonton. So at 5-on-5, five five, guys, work with me here. Edmonton as a team is just plus seven in goal differential, right? They're not a dominant five-on-five team, but they're a great power play team. Eric Carlson on the crappy San Jose Sharks is plus 16 in five-on-five goal differential. Unbelievable. When, when Carlson is not on the ice, the Sharks are minus 34. Like, that's the kind of spin he's having on that team. And I look at his expected goal per minute. It's actually lower when he's on the ice in San Jose than the Oilers' team average. He's playing better team defense in San Jose than the Oilers play all, like their entire game. All together, wow. It, so, it's, yeah, it's amazing. You put all it's that amazing. together, and like he will make them better. Not on the power play. Everyone's like, what about the power plays out there? I'm like, I don't think so. The power play is already the second-best power play in 45 years. Mm-hmm. Like Tyson Barrett does a great <laughs> job of that. I don't think it's going to matter. But five-on-five, five, he's going to make them much, much better. If you could afford it, and without decimating your entire team, you've got to take serious look at it. If you could go Barry, Pugliarvi, there's your $7 million. You get San Jose to eat the other four and a half to get it down to seven, and then you trade away the, the picks, the first rounder, the Xavier Burgos, the Evan Bouchard, whoever it is, um, to make it work. And you got, and you got Carlton this year and, and hopefully for another few more productive seasons. When Drysaddle only has two years left in his deal, 
Yeah. You got to look at it. You have to look at it, man. The window is now. It's now. The window was two years for Edmonton. And imagine Carlson is Carlson keeps this up for the next couple of years. Getting him at well, seven it. million dollars and ninety-five million dollars. The best contract in the league is one of the best contracts in the league. That's exactly yeah. it. MJ, we got to let you go. We're up against the clock. Great stuff this morning. We'll chat next week and make sure to do a nice scout for Patrick Kane for us tomorrow <laughs> night. All right. I'll see what I can get out of him. Ask him how his hip is between the benches. Yeah, exactly, exactly. All right, we appreciate it. That is my. Ask Johnson. him what number he'll wear in Toronto. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good question. Eighty-eight. I mean, Nylander's not like sure. Here you go, Patty. You can have yeah. his number. It's what did Nylander wear number. when he came into the league? What number was that again? Ah, that's a good question. I I forgot. We'll, we'll look it up. We'll figure it out. Okay. Top of the eight twenty-nine hour. Twenty-nine. Twenty. Yes, twenty-nine. That's exactly yes. right. That is exactly right. Uh, we've got. Some great stuff coming your way. James Duffy will join us. We'll talk to Brian Boucher as well, plus Matt Barry from ESPN, locked and loaded with some great stuff in the third and fourth hours of First Up. They begin after this.